Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. I want to keep today's conversation very casual. I have been thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, and I downloaded the new Instagram Threads app two days ago when it first launched, and I have been asking my followers all kinds of fun mom life-related questions. The first two major questions I asked where I had a huge response was something I wish I had known before becoming a mom, and then you guys filled in the blank, and what is the best mom advice you've received? So, I thought it would be fun to kind of read these off and talk about them. Maybe we can play like podcast bingo if that exists, which I know it doesn't, but where you can mentally count how many um, things as far as what you wish you had known that kind of surprised you that you also experienced. And maybe once you hit 20 or 30, you can call out bingo and DM me. Maybe I'll send you a Starbucks gift card. (laughs) So let's go ahead and dive in. So I want to first start off with something that I wish I had known before becoming a mom and read off your answers and then we'll get into some of the best pieces of mom advice that that you've heard or that you have for new or expecting moms. So I'm literally just reading these off. Again, these are your responses. I will try not to read all the duplicates. Um, So yeah, and then I guess we can also chat about them a little bit because we're here to talk about like the real, raw, relatable, candid, uncensored moments of motherhood. So something I wish I had known before becoming a mom. How different my relationship with my partner would be, how lonely I could get, how difficult breastfeeding would be, and how frustrating it is to see people without kids in the parent and child parking spaces. (laughs) That made me laugh. Okay, yes, your relationship with your partner is totally going to change for the better and for the worse, at least for a while. I have talked about this so many times in so many other podcast episodes and over on my Instagram. Definitely check out those episodes if you're struggling with your partner and your your marriage or your relationship feels a little rocky after having kids. I want you to know that it is completely normal. We are now a little over two and a half years postpartum and I keep looking at my husband and I'm like, wow, like we are in such a good place now. But man, did it feel rocky for a while. So you are not alone. And then the whole how lonely I could get, I always say motherhood is the loudest lonely I have ever felt because you're never alone, but it can feel so lonely and so isolating, right? Okay, let's read another one. You might not feel a rush of love immediately and that's okay. It will come. You are enough. Oh, that's beautiful. I completely agree with this statement because 
you know, you see movies where you're birthing a child and the mom is just absolutely in tears holding her baby for the first time and like, I love you, I love you, I love you and kissing all over the baby and I personally did not have that feeling right away. I think I was just in such a daze from pushing and from the pain and I don't know, it's like you just met this person. Like, yes, you carry them for nine months, but they're completely new. And just like when you went on a first date with your partner, you know, you were like having all kinds of feelings and like, yes, like I I like you, like I feel something, but you didn't feel like you loved them until a few more dates went by, right? So it's perfectly normal and okay to not immediately have this like massive rush of love come over you, right? It's like, this is brand new. So if you didn't have that immediate rush of love and bliss come over you, it's okay. It's normal. It's another thing just like marriage after baby that no one talks about because no one wants to sound like a bad mom, quote unquote. Okay, moving on. It's okay to ask for help. Another one. You don't have to know all the answers. You will figure it all out. Don't worry and enjoy the journey. So true. There are so many things that the baby books just absolutely cannot prepare you for. It is something you you have to learn as you go. Trial and error. It's not something you can truly practice for. Like You have to have a baby in order to practice. And you can't really practice with someone else's baby. Like, yes, you can learn how to, you know, change a diaper properly or, you know, how to bathe the baby or this or that, right? How to make a bottle. But what you can't plan for is the hormones and how you're actually going to feel. The sleep deprivation, right? Like, it's very different to practice changing a diaper before the baby gets here And then doing it in the middle of the night in the dark and there's a blowout. Like it's, you can't, you can't prepare for that. So one day at a time, one situation at a time, you know? Okay. You'll have at least 50 big sighs by the end of every day. Yes. True. Motherhood is not a one size fits all type of thing. You really won't have time like you did before. So be intentional with how you use your time. Preparation makes such a difference. Oh, that is so, so true. Your time changes. Like, it's wild how much we take for granted before we have kids, all the free time that we have and and the slow mornings or, you know, being able to dig a nap or whatever it may be, right? Yes, and preparation really is key when you have a baby. If you have time to prepare things for the next day, like you have the energy the night before, go ahead and do it. Like definitely also take time to relax, but you don't know what the next morning will bring, right? It could be complete chaos, so you'll be so glad when things are prepared. There are so many responses. Okay, let's keep going. While it's the best thing in the entire world, You become a mom and it's hard to find yourself again. Very true. It definitely takes time to feel quote unquote like yourself again. I talked about this in the last episode in the Q&A that I did. You are never going to be truly the self, the you that you were before having a baby. So it, 
I think the less we try to hold on to her, the easier it will be, right? Like surrender to what is, to your new situation, and eventually you will feel more comfortable in your own skin. You will feel confident again, but give yourself grace and know that it's going to take time and just be incredibly patient with yourself. Okay, when you get sick, there are no sick days. You still have to parent. Oh, that could not be more true. And often, like if our kids are in daycare, for example, and they bring home all the germs, they'll be sick. We take care of them. They go back to school and then we're sick. So like if you're a working parent, you're taking PTO for your sick child being home and then you get sick and more than likely, like if if you do it how I do, you power through working while sick because you don't want to take more PTO. Again, I did a whole nother episode on being a mom and surviving sick days with our littles. So look for that episode as well. Okay. I really wasn't ever tired in my life before kids, like ever, even though I thought I was. (laughs) That is so true. It's like you don't realize what being tired really is until you have a kid and you are sleep deprived. No matter how prepared you are, your mental health will be one hell of a roller coaster. That is so true. Either you have two weeks of baby blues, right, where you're crying happy tears and then sad tears, or after those two weeks, your you know mental health takes a deep dive and you go through maternal mental health, postpartum hell, like I did. This one, I absolutely love I it's it's more of a philosophical response but it really makes you think she says your view on life is your child's first perspective on life like think about that for a second that's yeah like and and they they see everything that we do they take it all in like they learn from us by everything that we model and it's so important to be mindful of that and conscious of it and model what we really, really want them to see and to learn. Someone else said, I'm not a mom, but I'm a dad and I'll still fill in the blank. Changing diapers is literally the easiest thing about parenthood. (laughs) That is so true. Like, so true. Changing diapers is one of the easiest things, again, unless you're doing it in the middle of the night in the dark with a blowout, (laughs) right? Or you have a blowout during the day. Like, that. that's never fun. I mean, usually when we had a blowout, it would get all over me, all over the changing table. It would have to result in my baby taking a bath. Like, it would be a whole ordeal. Um, but I completely agree with that. Like, when it was time to potty train, I kept resisting it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much easier to just change his diapers five, six, seven times a day than to try and figure out this potty training thing. (laughs) So I thought that one was pretty funny. Okay, someone else said just how much freedom you had before you have kids. Um, I didn't take naps before I became a mom because it would make me stay up at night. I wish I could go back and tell myself to go ahead and take that nap. Couldn't be more true. Like, why has no one figured out yet how to bottle up sleep and use it when we need it. (laughs) Um, 
The sleep, the not sleeping part is easy. It's the preparing to leave the house with a baby part. That's hard. So true. There's like so much thinking ahead, so much packing for the diaper bag, right? Like you have to think about every possible scenario and what you would need and planning ahead, like with their schedules and oh my gosh, it's, it definitely gets so much easier when they're toddlers. You don't have to bring nearly as much stuff. You know, they can just like eat whatever, wherever you're at. Like if you're at a restaurant, you know, it gets so much easier. And especially once they're potty trained, like we keep spare clothes in the car. But for the most part, I don't bring a diaper bag anymore, which has been so like freeing. Like I can wear like a cute purse again if I want to, right? Like it's wild. Okay, your friendships change. Yes, absolutely. And also you you really learn who's there for you, who's in your corner, you know, which friends are going to come visit you and really be there for you, which friends are, you know, maybe not moms at this point and you feel a little bit forgotten and left out by them. And same goes with family. Like you really learn who's in your corner, who is there for you and your baby and your family. And often we can also feel really disappointed by family members and friends. Like either we realize like how amazing someone truly is and how there they are for us or how disappointing they are, which is really sad. And that's something that we don't talk about. And we also don't talk about how um, having a, a child, once once you're not so much in the baby survival infant phase, but in the toddler parenting, disciplining sort of phase, the teaching phase, how much you may think about your own childhood again, the positive elements and the not so positive, like any traumas that you have that maybe you thought you healed from, but now they're resurfacing. Um, That's something that I've been going through personally. I haven't talked a lot about it, but I've been doing a lot of healing work, reparenting, I'm cycle breaking and how I'm raising my child It's wild. I never, ever thought that this is something that would come up. I've never heard anyone talk about this before I had a kid. This is such new territory for me and has really thrown me off guard this year. Like, I feel like it's been so far a six-month healing process, therapy. Oh my gosh, like I need to do a whole separate episode on this. And, And someone else also said, sometimes there is no village. And postpartum anxiety and depression is very real. So true. Statistically, it says one in five women experience some form of, you know, maternal mental health struggles. But I honestly think that number is so skewed because so many women don't get help or it's not reported. I really think that number is probably more like one in three or one in four. So if if you are struggling mentally, just know that you are not alone. It's not just you. If you're in a room with five moms, I would say at least one or two, if not more of them, have or are currently experiencing some form of, you know, maternal mental health, like mood disorders, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, OCD, um, PTSD, right? So it's not just you and it's okay to get help. Um, Some family members won't respect And will get upset at new boundaries towards the baby. Yes. 100%. This is not something that I've personally struggled with. 
and I adore my mother-in-law and my in-laws as a, as a whole, but I cannot tell you how many moms tell me on Instagram all the time how awful their in-laws are, how it's like they had a baby and now their mother-in-law feels like she has a say over the baby, over like how they eat, sleep, or how you parent, or I don't know, just it's wild. It's like, remember that you're the mom, you know what's best for your baby and set boundaries and and ensure that family and friends adheres to your boundaries and just be really firm and, and, you know, tell them over and over again what those boundaries are if they're not respectful of it. Uh, I just cannot believe how many people say that either they liked their in-laws before they had a baby and now they can't stand them or that they already didn't really like their in-laws and now that they had a baby, it's like 10 times worse. So again, you are not alone in that. (laughs) It's not something I've experienced, but so many of you have. Okay, next, don't be embarrassed to ask for help. We don't know how to do it all. It's normal and okay to not always love being a mom, but still love your child. Yes, and there is nothing at all wrong with admitting that it's hard, that it's not exactly how you expected it to be. You are not a bad mom for talking to another mom or or a friend or a family member about how hard it is. This mom says, the amount of time I'd spend helping my baby fart is astounding. Oh my gosh, yes. I forgot about all of the the bicycling of the legs that you have to do or like trying the gripe water or massaging their bellies. (laughs) Completely forgot about that. So true. You might feel lost in all of the change for a while. The overwhelming mix of happy and sad emotions. Be kind and patient with yourself. This one really goes hand in hand with one we just said, that emotions can have an and. So not just a but, right? So it's like, I love being a mom and it's the most challenging thing I'll ever do. That is so, so true. And and giving ourselves the space to say and rather than but really kind of changes the narrative, right? Instead of saying, I love being a mom, but versus I love being a mom and, right? Like two things can be true at once. Free time is an absolute luxury. Amen. It sure is. And sometimes it's very expensive. Like if you need to hire a babysitter or a nanny. (sighs) What else? That it would fundamentally change all aspects of my life, including my relationship with myself. That you'd have to do so much advocating for your child, but also for yourself and your own needs. That's so, so true. And anytime, you know, you feel like maybe there's something wrong with your baby, like, as far as like health concerns and your pediatrician is just like, no, like it's fine. Always trust your mom gut. Your mom gut is usually always right. And even if you're wrong and there's nothing wrong, 
I personally think it's better to be safe and sorry when it comes to your baby, especially when we don't know what we don't know, right? Like it takes it takes us going through each like little sick or child little illness, you know, once or twice to really know what's happening, you know, that it's RSV or that it's just a cold or it's croup or this or that, right? Like every time you go through a new child illness the first time is scary because you don't know what's happening. You're frantically Googling the symptoms. So always trust your gut and advocate for yourself and your baby. Oh, I like this one too. How much I would change and how much I would want to change to be the best mom. Yes, I so deeply relate to this and Like, I always say I changed so much since becoming a mom for all the best ways. Like, I love who I am as a mother so much more than the person I was before. Not that there was anything wrong with who I was before, but I just like who I am now so much better and I am so much more confident and comfortable in my own skin. The way I parent is going to be different at times from the way my family parented. It's awkward and hard at times, but so worth it. Yes, we talked about this already. The cycle breaking, you know, healing intergenerational trauma, deciding to do things differently. Like if you were spanked or yelled at or shamed or guilted or, you know, anything like that, you have you have this opportunity to reset and change things for your child. Like it takes so much work. It, it's a lot to unlearn everything you learned and everything that was modeled for you as a child and consciously choose to do things differently. Like consciously and mindfully in a heated moment with say your toddler or your child to pause and take a deep breath regulate yourself and then respond to the situation in a non-reactive way but in a thoughtful way it's so important and if you're doing that you literally may not realize it but you are changing the world like we are changing the world one child and one childhood at a time and it's so beautiful and it's some of the best and hardest work that we will ever do Oh my gosh, this person says that if anyone called my toddler by her name, she'd immediately respond with, no, I'm Lightning McQueen. (laughs) I'm sure we can think of so many examples like that that are just so funny and ridiculous because toddlers and little kids say the funniest things. Someone else says, how deeply I am capable of loving. Yes, I cannot tell you how true that is it's like I I thought that there's no way I could love my baby more than I love my dog and I remember people were laughing at me like "Mm, no like you will don't worry and then I had my baby and once we were finally bonding I was like wow and and now as having a toddler it is wild how you literally will love your child more and more each day and in new and different ways and it's so beautiful and when they start to tell you that they love you back 
wow, like your heart just explodes and it gets even bigger. And yeah, I truly didn't know how much I could love and, and the capacity for how my, my heart could expand. Someone else says how much sleep I don't actually need to survive. So true, right? Like, but I would ask myself as a new mom, like, can you die of sleep deprivation? Like, is that maybe a thing? I don't know. Okay, hopefully I'm not being super annoying. You're probably sitting there thinking, you know, Sandra, you don't have to make each response about you. (laughs) But I'm having a lot of fun reflecting on all of these responses. So hopefully this is not annoying. Someone else says, how often toddlers get sick? Oh, yes. Like I said, there's a whole episode on surviving sick days with little kids. And that first year, especially of daycare, holy F, the germs. I mean, your your little kids are like walking Petri dishes. They lick everything. They put toys in their mouth that still has the slobber on it from the kid that was sitting next to them. Oh, God, it's awful. Like I said, if you're a working parent, save up all your PTO days that first year because you are going to need them. Um, Someone else says that it can put a strain on your marriage at least the first couple of years. Yes, we talked about that. That is so absolutely true. Someone else says that you suddenly understand and know your pelvic floor. That is interesting. Yes. And if you are a new mom, um, definitely consider seeing a pelvic floor specialist to sort of do some therapy on your pelvic floor, because that is something I still haven't done. And let me just say, when I sneeze or cough, I have to like cross my legs so I don't pee myself. But I always hear it's never too late to see a pelvic floor specialist. So, you know, my son is almost three. Maybe by the time he's five, I'll finally make it in to see someone. (laughs) Priorities, you know? Okay. What else? Mm, A lot of these are duplicates. Okay. The last one I'll read off is how repetitive and lonely it feels but also feeling so much love and joy at the same time. Yes, this is back to that whole and, right? Like being a mom can be boring and lonely and also be the best thing I've ever experienced. And yes, it can be so repetitive. Sometimes it feels like Groundhog's Day. And when that happens, what I always found make such a difference is somehow changing up the routine, spicing it up a little bit, right? Like change one little thing, you know, maybe if like for us, I was always doing daycare drop off and my husband would pick up. We decided to flip flop that for a bit where now he's dropping off and I'm picking up if you're able to do that, right? Or I don't know if the bedtime routine is getting stale. At one point we decided like, oh, let's start, start it downstairs. Let's start putting on the pajamas downstairs, doing certain things downstairs to start the wind down process to make the time spent upstairs in his bedroom a little bit easier. So there's little ways you can tweak and shake up the daily routine. Okay, I feel like 30 minutes worth of sharing what you guys have said 
is something that you wish you had known before becoming a mom is plenty. I think this is all very, very relatable and hopefully it makes you feel less alone. So now we are going to move on to the best mom advice that you've received. Moving on to best piece of new mom advice. So I need to skip through a few because a few definitely sound very much like toxic positivity. (laughs) So, okay, I'll start here. When your baby is crying, generally it means one of three things. Either they have a poopy or a wet diaper, they're hungry, or they need sleep. What it generally does not mean is pack a bag and race to the hospital. (laughs) Um, Yes, I think first-time moms especially, like I said, can get frantic because we don't know what we don't know. We've never done this before. We want to be safe than sorry. So what I can tell you is we have an app where we can um, message our doctor. I think this has become a lot more common since COVID to easily quickly reach someone. Take advantage of that. Don't feel bad. They're getting paid for this, right? Just any questions you have about any symptoms, send a message. I was also able to send photos. So like when my son had a white tongue and I didn't know what that meant, I sent a photo and they were able to tell me it's thrush. When he had weird spots, they were able to tell me it's eczema. Like there are so many things that you can do where you can send photos or messages and it can be, it can just kind of relieve a lot of that anxiety. But also trust your gut. Like if you feel like you need to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. But I always recommend unless it's like truly like you can really tell something is really, really, really wrong. Like reach out to your pediatrician first because they can kind of guide you Um, along the way. There's also um, a triage line usually for your pediatrician where you can really talk to someone about all the symptoms before you, you know, race off to the hospital. Someone else says, you and baby are both learning each other. Give yourself grace. You're doing amazing. So true. Like it takes time to learn your baby's cries and differentiate what they mean to learn your baby's cues. And then what sucks is once we kind of feel like we figured it out, they move on to the next developmental stage and milestone and everything changes. (laughs) So yes, be gentle with yourself, be patient and give yourself and your baby grace. It's okay to want some me time here and there. Don't feel guilty for feeling that way. Find ways to have your partner help. And also pumping can be so helpful because it allows you to measure the amount that fills your baby's tummy, especially if you go the breastfeeding route. That is so true. If you're concerned with your baby gaining weight or you're just you know anxious or concerned about how much your baby's actually eating because you can't tell when you're breastfeeding, um then yes, pumping and bottle feeding is great because you can actually see how many ounces they're getting, um, which can be really helpful. Someone says, no matter what, 
Shower every day from the day you give birth. Set the precedence of self-care as a human being, not a luxury. It's great advice. So many moms feel like taking a shower is self-care. And while it may feel great to you and you have every right for that to be considered self-care for you, it's important to remember that showering is basic human hygiene. It is not self-care in that sense, right? Like you still need to do other things for self-care that fill your cup that aren't just basic hygiene. That's just my only advice. Like don't make showering be your only form of self-care. Um, but it is also okay if showering is feels like self-care to you. This one also like really got me. It says, worry more about being kind than being the boss. Treat your kids like you would want to be treated if you were a child. You're going to spend most of their lives being adults together. Oh, yes. This one is another one that really made me stop and think. Like, I already do this because I practice conscious parenting. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm breaking family cycles. But I thought about this more when I first read it. And it's so true, right? Like, you are going to spend most of their lives as adults together, right? Like they're only little kids until they're what, like 11 maybe? And then they're in their teenage stage and then they're young adults. So from 20 on, 20 to, you know, whenever you die one day, maybe when they're 60 or 70, they're adults and you're an adult with them. So let them be kids when they're little. Be respectful in how you parent them. They're not there just to obey you right it's not just about obedience so that said because we are going to spend most of their lives as adults together if we want to have a good relationship with them as adults for all those many years it's important to treat them respectfully and kind and parent them in a in a peaceful kind way so that they will want to have a relationship with us as adults. So I think that's so important. But, you know, if you're a new mom, you're probably not thinking about that already because you're just surviving and hanging on by a thread. But as you enter toddlerhood and you're really in that teaching, parenting stage and phase and season, then this is really great advice and something to think about. Oh, I like, need to take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Someone says, ask for help. As a new mom, you think you have to do it all and you don't. Ask a friend to do the dishes or the laundry or ask them to hold the baby so you can go shower or just sit for a few minutes alone. And that is perfectly okay. So true. Someone else says, we are all winging it. Some of us have just been doing it for a little longer. Lean into your new role and give yourself grace. I felt like as a new mom, I was failing. I felt like based on what I saw on social media and what I saw from friends and family members that have little kids or new babies, that they made motherhood look easy, that it came more naturally to them. And that it doesn't for me. 
And I had to learn that that's not true. Like we are all learning. We're all winging it. Like, like this mom says, and some of us have just been doing it longer. And so it seems like it's easier. But again, remember that no one shares the real shit. Like people like to share the highlight reel. So behind closed doors, their marriage might be crumbling at least for a while, right? They're also unhappy with their postpartum body. They may also be struggling with their mental health. And you just may never know it because they look put together and they don't share it with you. So just remember that. Keep that perspective and be kind to yourself. Your way is the best way for your baby. (laughs) When your husband comes home from work to take a 30-minute poop, you now are also allowed to take a 30-minute quote-unquote poop while he's on baby duty. (laughs) Whatever your poop time might be. (laughs) Sometimes I tell my husband I need to go to the bathroom or go upstairs to brush my teeth and I just lay back down on my bed for like 10 or 15 minutes and scroll my phone or close my eyes and rest. Um, taking care of yourself will only make you a better mom. Prioritize your own mental, physical, and emotional health. Breastfeeding is hard. It's a learned skill for both you and baby, and it is perfectly okay if it doesn't work out. Fed is best. Surrender. (laughs) That is probably the best piece of mom advice. Just surrender to what is, give in, let go, let go of perfection, right? Let go of who you were. Yes, surrender. You can't have it all and shouldn't worry about perfection. Let's see. Don't worry if your house isn't squeaky clean when you have visitors. Everything is temporary, the good and the bad, so just go with it. There is no better mom on this earth for you, sorry, there's no better mom on this earth for your baby than you. Again, someone says fed is best, don't feel pressured to breastfeed. (laughs) Only have as many kids as you can emotionally handle. Yes, we are personally one and done because having a child shook up our world more than we could have ever expected from my postpartum mental health to our marriage initially to just how overwhelmed we felt with a baby with a toddler at first. Like now it feels much easier with an almost three-year-old, but now I can't imagine bringing a baby into the mix and starting over. Like some of us just know that maybe we're not cut out to have more than one. Like we don't have the capacity for it, whether maybe it's mentally, emotionally, maybe it's financially, maybe our relationship can't handle it. You know, it's okay. Like it is okay to only want one. I have a podcast episode on being one and done as well. Um, I've heard, not to toot my own horn, but I've heard that it's a really, really good episode and has helped so many moms and parents that are one and done or are on the fence about it or have all kinds of emotions and feelings about it. So go listen to that episode. I will 
link all these episodes I'm referring to in the show notes so that you can easily access them. Okay, let's see. Find yourself a small circle of mom friends. Yes, it is extremely hard to find good mom friends. I will I will say that. So many moms have reached out saying, oh, I can't find mom friends. But it is really important to have moms and surround yourself with other moms going through the same thing as you, like the same season of life. It's really hard when you only have friends that aren't moms yet because you really don't get it until you're a mom. Like whatever it is you're struggling with that you're venting about, they might be like, oh yeah, like that's so hard or whatever, but they don't know until they're in it, right? Like it's so nice to have mom friends. So there's Facebook groups where you can connect with other moms. There's the peanut app, which is really great. I will actually link that in the show notes as well. It's free to download the app. Um, You know, I met my best, best friend in our neighborhood at the playground. Like you just have to have the guts to go up to a mom and just strike up a conversation. That's not easy for everyone. Like I'm in sales. Like I love just chatting up any random person. You know, I can talk to anyone. So it's easy for me. I have a podcast, so you know that I enjoy talking. (laughs) But I realize, you know, Many other people have social anxieties and and can't just strike up a conversation with a random stranger, but I'm telling you, it is so worth it. Like I never would have thought I found, I'd find someone like, like my friend Maddie, like she is like my soul sister. (laughs) Like we have so much in common. I changed in so many ways as a mom, like I went all crunchy and like low talks and certain things were suddenly more important to me and none of my friends had these things in common with me you know her toddler is a month older than my son so we're constantly in the same season and it's just oh I cannot tell you enough how how good it is to have mom friends but yes it's hard to find mom friends and to find the right mom friends that you vibe with so keep looking because once you find her or them it's (laughs) life-changing okay what else Oh, this girl says, this mom says, don't join mom Facebook groups, (laughs) which is like the opposite of what I just said. Yes, I'm sure some, some mom groups can feel toxic. Like I said, you have to find the right groups, the right people. Um, I started a Facebook mom group recently, like a support group. I'll also link that in the show notes. Um, it's amazing. I think we have around close to 500 members now. It's a free Facebook group and it's been so beautiful to just see other moms ask whatever questions they have or share things to make them feel less alone and then to feel sort of seen and validated and, you know, virtually find other moms that you connect with. So definitely come join that group. Okay, what else? Make a plan for support postpartum. Yes, so important. Um, Learn to drown out the noise. You know what's best for your family. Yes, and along with that, don't forget to set boundaries. Not to sound like a broken record. (laughs) There's also a podcast episode on boundaries, so I will link that as well in the show notes. Um, I also give a lot of great examples in that episode of things that you can say to gently and kindly set firm boundaries. 
Okay, someone else says you have two goals. One, feed yourself. Two, feed your baby. So true. Prioritize your mental health. Trust your instincts. What else? I know it can be super hard, but it gets better. I promise. Yes. When you can, sleep when the baby sleeps. Your body needs rest to heal. And what I will say to finish that off is, I actually wrote this down today as a quote, so I'm going to read it off. Here we go. (laughs) When it comes to rest as a mom, instead of sleep when the baby sleeps, let's change the advice to rest whenever you can, even if it doesn't involve actually sleeping. And Instead of self-care and resting make me feel selfish and guilty, change the narrative to self-care isn't selfish. Rest is productive. I don't have to earn rest. I can't pour from an empty cup. So I will leave it at that for the new mom advice. If you can't tell, I'm totally out of breath now. (laughs) That was so much to read off and so much to say. I feel like I have to like somehow work on my lung capacity as a podcaster so you don't have to hear me like deeply breathe all the time. And you know what? I'm too lazy to cut out all of these deep breaths. So yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I thought all of that was really, really great feedback from the new threads app from you guys of everything that you shared hopefully all of that was relatable for you did you get new mom bingo (laughs) tell me if at least 20 or 30 things you were nodding your head about saying like yep yep I can relate to that yes that's something I wish I had known before having a baby or something that I didn't know (laughs) I personally related as you could tell to every single one of those things So I hope this was an interesting episode. If you enjoyed it, please, please share it with another mom. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. I drop a new episode every Tuesday morning, so definitely stay tuned for more. If you're new here, also hop over and follow me on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. You can also find me on the Instagram threads app. Like I said, I have a mom support Facebook group. Join that and also tune into all the other episodes. I will link all of that in the show notes for you. And it would mean the world to me if you could scroll down, subscribe, rate, and leave a short review of the podcast or of this episode if you have time and jump over to the DMs on Instagram and let me know what you thought or if you have any other ideas for podcast topics and, you know, or if you just want to chat. I am here to be everyone's virtual mom bestie and I try my best to respond to DMs as quickly as I can. So, yes, thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening. I'll see you again soon. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.